The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Do you know how intolerant the so-called tolerant left really is? It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown, your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Michael Brown is the director of the Coalition of Conscience and president of Fire School of Ministry. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome, welcome, friends, to The Line of Fire. Today's show is going to be an eye-opener as we expose the intolerance of the left. This is Michael Brown. Welcome to the broadcast, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884 to call in live. And welcome to all who are listening by podcast, watching the broadcast after it is aired live, watching on America's Voice on Pluto TV or Dish Network, Welcome to the broadcast. If you're not familiar with me, who we are, what we do, what we stand for, what matters, what burdens us, what concerns us, what we address, just visit my website, askdrbrown.org, askdrbrown.org. Connect with us on social media, especially Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, where we are most active. All right. For many years, We have known that when the left speaks of tolerance and equality and diversity and uses words like that, it normally means the opposite of what it says. In other words, when the left calls for tolerance, we want to be tolerant. It means tolerant of our viewpoint, but completely intolerant of other points of view. When it speaks of diversity, it really means my way or the highway. When it says we are inclusive, meaning we are utterly exclusive of those outside our camp. Now, you might say to me, well, you, you religious people, you Bible believers, you're, you're quite narrow. And you say, you know, straight is the way, narrow is the gate that, that leads to life and so on. And, and, and there's only one way, Jesus. Yeah, we, we're not claiming to be open-minded to all religions and all philosophies. We love all people and care all pe- for all people. But... In terms of our own beliefs, yeah, we, we say we're, we're dogmatic and hold to these things, believe they're right, we care for everyone. But we're not going around saying, oh, we are so tolerant. We believe in being a- inclusive, well, at the same time, blocking out all opposing views. Okay, so I got a bunch of examples for you today, but we'll start with Bruce Caitlin Jenner. So if, if you are familiar with intersectionality, It basically puts people in different groups. Let's just call each group a section. And and you have the privileged groups and the the underprivileged groups, the very underprivileged groups, right? So, you know, just your your list that would go down. And depending on on how many of those groups intersect in your life, if if two or three or four uh, aspects of being underprivileged intersect in your life, then then you need to, to have that balanced out by society. So, for example, at the top of the food chain would be a white heterosexual male. They would be at the top of the food chain. And maybe, you know, way, way down at the bottom of the food chain in our society would be a, a Native American transgender woman, something like that. And, and, by the way, we should do our best to have equal opportunity for everyone in America. We can't guarantee equal outcomes. That's not the goal. 
but equal opportunity for everyone, absolutely. And when there have been historic wrongs against people, do what we can corporately to make those things right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But here's what I find fascinating. The left, which is pushing intersectionality in many unhealthy and destructive ways, and is putting everyone in these categories, is doing it in the name of tolerance. So here's what happened, basically. So most privileged of all, white, heterosexual, male, right behind that in our society, this is the way it's viewed, right, would be a white, heterosexual, female. And then as you go down the list, so then you would have civil rights movement, African-Americans seeking to make things equal, balance out past racism, past inequality. So African-Americans would obviously have a status, hey, we're trying to adjust this and make this right and fix the wrongs from the past. And then there, the woman still would come second. In other words, she'd be more underprivileged. So not just as a black, but as a black woman. Then if you add in sexual categories, because gay becomes the new black, that gay basically trumps black. That we've seen over the years, African-Americans whose rights were, were not recognized as equal with that of a gay person. So if an African-American woman, say in one particular case, an administrator in her college, been there many years, never had complaints against her, writes an editorial in her own free time for her local newspaper, explaining why she opposes same-sex, quote, marriage, she gets fired from her job. That's saying that gay now trumps black. But then trans trumps gay. There's even something called TERF, T-E-R-F, which stands for a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. It's a name for someone like Jermaine Greer, who is an icon in the feminist movement. But when she says, look, having surgery doesn't change a man into a woman. When they protest about all the things they fought for for years as feminists for women, now, now woman itself is a debatable category because a man can become a woman and a man can menstruate now and a man can, you know, how to, whatever, or a woman can identify as a man or a man as a woman that all the categories break down. So trans is, is one of the, the highest now, that, that if you are transgender, you are on that turf where you can't be criticized. So just as gay rights... Trump black rights, then trans rights, Trump gay rights. That's where we are. Unless, unless you're a transgender and Republican or transgender and a Trump supporter or transgender and conservative and other values as, quote, Caitlyn Jenner is. So Caitlyn Jenner and the Ben Shapiro philosophy is you can change your name. You can't change your gender. So I'll just, for simplicity's sake, refer to Caitlyn Jenner, but always with quotes, announced his decision to run for governor of California as a Republican. Uh, this was on The View, Joy Behar. Listen to how she responds. Yeah. Sonny, he's got this guy, Brad Pascal, uh, running his campaign. What do you think about that? I mean, that guy was, uh, was accused of using uh, campaign funds to enrich himself. What? That's who's running his yeah. campaign, or her campaign, rather. Right. I would go along with that. I think that he should, or she, rather, should take a seat and let somebody with the credentials take over a major state like California. So first of all, let me apologize for my pronoun mix-up. 
I think I just didn't get enough sleep last night. I had no intention of uh, mixing them up, but and I tried to correct it immediately, but whatever, it just came out. So I'm sorry if anybody was upset by that. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah, no big deal because this is conservative. Now, now listen, maybe Joy Behar was short on sleep. I find it interesting, though, highly interesting, that. Joy Behar misgenders, that's the, the word that's used, misgenders Caitlyn Jenner, whereas this transactivism is sacred ground. You don't touch that. But when the trans person is conservative in other values, then they can get, well, forget being trans, that goes out the window. So much for tolerance. And again, I'm not judging the individual. God knows Joy Behar's heart, but yeah, whatever, no big deal. What I don't think that would have happened had this been some trans icon that was also a liberal activist. All right, let, let me give you another example. So Equality California, obviously a major LGBTQ activist organization, political activist organization in California, they tweet April 23rd, and this is their pinned tweet on their Twitter page right now. Make no mistake, we can't wait to elect a trans governor of California. But Caitlyn Jenner spent years telling the LGBTQ plus community to trust Donald Trump. We saw how that turned out. Now she wants us to trust her. Hard pass. None of that stopped the Republican recall. So they don't even want Gavin Newsom recalled. So, okay, you could say, what's the big deal there? They're simply explaining why they cannot vote for this candidate. They'd like to see a transgender governor, but not one who supported Donald Trump and is a Republican. Uh, now, there's another tweet. There, there were several. But check out this tweet, because this, this goes a little bit further. Californians, and trans-Californians in particular, understand all too well the risk of electing another reality TV star who cares more about fame and money than civil rights, health care, and the safety of our communities. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? It's not sacred anymore. It's, it's, Caitlyn Jenner is not off limits. Go ahead and attack all you want the most famous transgender person in the world, arguably, right? Go ahead and attack. Go ahead. Call Caitlyn Jenner a reality TV star that cares more about fame and all that because trans loses all of its power if the person is conservative. So much for <clears throat> tolerance. How about Bill Maher? Listen to what Bill Maher has to say as, as he weighs in on his TV show about Jenner running for governor as well. I mean, this is really eye-opening. Check this out. How about this for news? Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I finish my whole monologue on this and maybe take that one back. I, no, I know you think of her as a reality show star, but come on, people change. She is trans, rested, and ready. I mean, she's got <laughs> she's got a great slogan: "Take the sack out of Sacramento," because um, she <laughs> because you know this is only happening because our governor there's a recall, which is stupid. But we're probably going to do it because in California we do stupid things like that. But Caitlyn Jenner is a very dyed-in-the-wool, lifelong Republican. Uh, I, I love that about her. You know, wasn't always sure about the whole man-woman thing, but low capital gains taxes born that way. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
And a lot of people, of course, are saying, isn't it strange for a trans woman to be in a party that is passing anti-trans laws all over the country? And Caitlin said, yeah, I get that. I, it's just something about being in a party that doesn't respect me, that makes me feel like I'm home with the Kardashians. All right, so it's not just making fun of the person, but this is making fun of transgender, making fun of born that way, making fun of man to woman, making fun of all these things. Now, of course, a million percent, I believe that Bruce Jenner destroyed his body and sinned against God and doing what he was doing to deal with the confusion in his own soul, that God's best way was to make him at home within his own body, obviously. But you need to see the extreme intolerance of the left. Trans, all sacred. Oh, but not when you're transgender and Republican, in which case, go ahead and trash trans. Interesting, isn't it? Eye-opening. I'm just getting started. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks for joining us, friends, on The Line of Fire, where we seek to serve as your voice of moral sanity and spiritual clarity in the midst of a society in chaos in a church all too often in compromise. 866-34-TRUTH. You know, in 2004... When God began to burden me about gay activism in America, I, I knew there were issues in the society and that there was an ongoing shift because of the sexual revolution that really burst in America in the 60s. I was aware of these things, but if you, if you look at the first 19 books that I wrote and look at everything that I wrote having anything to do with homosexuality, transgender issues, anything like that, I don't think you could fill a page. If you took all the quotes out relevant from all my books, I don't even think you'd fill a single page in a book, maybe that much. That's it. In 2004, when God began to burden me, it, it was because of the rise of, of activism getting more and more open, more and more overt, more and more of corporate America standing up and, and backing gay activist cause. Again, gay being viewed as the new black and now transgender is the new black. Uh, it was, oh, over one year ago, January of 2020, that then-candidate Biden tweeted out, make no mistakes, that transgender rights are the civil rights of the day. And when I began to address these things in 2004 and said those who came out of the closet want to put us in the closet, people told me I was crazy. What are you talking about? No one wants to put you in the closet. I was doing secular interviews. No one wants to put you in the closet. What are you talking about? Several years later, the tone began to change, and they began to say bigots like you belong in the closet. Others said, Mike, why are you wasting your time here? You're called to do other things. You're gifted in other areas. Why here? And I really felt that the reality was we don't get to sit this one out, that this will be the principal threat to freedom of religion, speech, and conscience in America. Well, now that the whole nation is debating the Equality Act with the gutting of religious liberties, now that states are battling over transgender issues virtually every day, now that Caitlyn Jenner is in the news and on and on, now that the Supreme Court, hey, when was marriage redefined in America? Six years ago. And with it, the continued erosion of our rights here in America. You see why we've been sounding the alarm. At the same time, 
bringing a message of compassion for each individual. So the philosophy we followed now for 17 years, reach out and resist, reach out to the people with compassion, resist the agenda with courage. When you stand against the agenda though, when you stand for what's right, be assured that you'll come under fire yourself, be assured. And there will be attempts to silence you. Question is what do we do in the face of those attempts? Uh, I, I have been tracking just recently looking at some of the latest incidences of, of violence, of vandalism with Antifa and related groups. And it is this whole idea of intimidation by violence. The, the whole idea of we're liberal, we're tolerant, we're open. No, in point of fact, I was talking with a scholar yesterday and he said that if he comes with new ideas that challenge the narrative on the conservative side, that conservatives will interact with him. If he challenges the narrative on the liberal side, by and large, liberals will shut him out. Dennis Prager said for years and years and years, when he receives an invitation from a liberal network or liberal show to debate conservative values, he always takes the invitation as he's able to. He's extended that invitation to liberals and leftists for years and only had a couple take his invitation to join him on his show. His view would be that the left is constantly suppressing freedom of speech and hence what you see with the rise of cancel culture in America with mobocracy behind it. So here's a, a, a new example, the, the most recent. Um, this is uh, Pastor Shannon from Seattle. He uh, was going to host Charlie Kirk at his church. Now, according to this pastor, over decades, they've invested several million dollars in their local community. And, and helping those in need. But he's very concerned about the direction of his state, for good reason, the state of Washington, very concerned about the direction of the nation, and was going to bring in Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA. Now, Charlie Kirk is, is a committed Christian and a very strong political conservative and a very strong pro-Trumper, and working in particular with the younger generation to get them socially aware and politically active. Uh, you may have seen him on Fox and things like that. Very, very popular. Maybe some of you don't like his tone, his style, whatever. He's, he's not out to please everybody. He is who he is, but he's been very effective. They were going to have him at their church. Uh, let's listen to the pastor tell you what happened as a result. Precious people of Motion Church, you should know that Motion Church exists for the purpose of loving God and loving people. Over the last 23 years, we have invested over $2 million dollars to help the people in our community with basic essentials such as food, shelter, education, and addiction recovery programs, just to name a few. We have sponsored community events such as Pumpkin Patch Bash and City Blast, where literally hundreds of thousands of people have come and built bonds of relationships with one another. In short, we have demonstrated our love for our community with way more than just simply lip service. We truly love our community called Puyallup, Bonnie Lake, and South Hill. We've been sharply concerned regarding the direction of our state as it pertains to the moral climate. Therefore, we have invited Charlie Kirk, an ardent patriot and Bible scholar, to help give us guidance as how to reclaim our much-loved state of Washington. This man is passionate 
in what he believes and is brilliant besides, and anointed above that. Upon hearing that Mr. Kirk was coming to our church, radical terrorist mobs like the ones that rallied in Capitol Hill in Seattle, they sprung into action. They sprung with threatening declarations. They vowed to not only burn our properties to the ground, but also brought threats of physical violence against our church leadership, our neighbors, their properties, and basically wreak havoc in our community, this precious community that we love. I'm sitting here wondering what to do. Well, recent history has taught us that there is an apparent lack of interest at the state level of leadership to protect decent tax-paying citizens. Those terrorist mobs know that there is no consequence for their lawlessness. They have nothing to lose and nothing to fear. The soft targets of churches, the elderly, women, children, and law-abiding citizens are vulnerable to anarchists who live free of the fear of reprisal. This is the state that we live in. I should mention that our local Puyallup Police Department, under the tremendous leadership of Scott Engel, has had our back the whole way. However, they have limited resources to completely shut down a terrorist threat across our multiple locations. They literally can't cover all the bases all the time. Therefore, it is for the safety of my precious city and our precious church people that we have heartbreakingly canceled our event with Mr. Kirk. Our deepest apologies go out to Mr. Kirk and his organization. He deserves much better from our state leadership, but unfortunately, this is where we are. I will not put soft targets in harm's way. I will not subject our community to destruction. And since our governor will not protect us, we must take this course of action. This is a sad commentary of our state of affairs. However, this only makes me more determined to love and lead our community in new and creative ways. I want you to remember this, Motion Church. Love always wins. I am your loving pastor, your consummate shepherd, and I am fighting for you. God bless you. Yeah, that was Pastor Roger Archer. I actually had a tweet from a woman named Shannon, which I'll put up in a moment. Now, some might say, well, that was cowardly. That was backing down to the, to the mob. But you have to understand also local pastors that work in communities, care about their communities, care about local law enforcement, don't want to unnecessarily burden people. And, and he's thinking, hey, I'm responsible for those coming to the meeting. What if some family shows up and gets attacked? So you have to weigh that out. Uh, some of us would say, just do it. You do it, and everyone comes with the understanding that there could be violence and danger, and you get the police to protect as much as possible. You refuse to back down to the mob. Others say, hey, listen, we live in this community. It's not just a one-shot thing for us. So let's, let's, let's find ways to address this. So each one has to find their way, their path. The key thing is we never bow down to the mob. In other words, what this pastor needs to do is, is find ways to equip his people just as he wants and to push back against the mob while being respectful and caring as he's seeking to be. Now, we still don't have details. People are looking into it, which group exactly was threatening, getting some different reports coming. But as of this moment, don't have all the details. But this is the sentiment. Look at this tweet from a, a woman named Shannon. Charlie Kirk and his racism will be speaking at the Motion Church in South Hill. Uh, pull you up on, uh, on 5-2. Black Lives Matter, protect uh, Project Lincoln, Midas Touch, LGBTQ, all these hashtags. Help us shut this and then... 
Nazi down, please. So this is the, again, it's just one person on Twitter. They may have almost no influence. But this is what's out there. And this is what we've seen for decades from the tolerant ones, from those on the left, from the liberal, the LGBTQ activists, that if you don't agree, if you hold to another point of view, you're now a Nazi. Here, I'm Jewish, a Jewish follower of Jesus. I've been called a Nazi for many years for saying, you know, God intended men for women and women for men. That's his best. I have black friends of mine, black conservatives. They have been called KKK for opposing LGBTQ activism. Do we respond in kind? No. We bless those who curse us. We pray for those who persecute us. We love our neighbor. And we stand for what is right. We come back. I'm going to tell you my own story about being excluded in the name of inclusion. Oh, and then some from the UK. You're not going to believe. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. We are talking about the intolerance of the left. We are talking about the attack on our freedoms that comes from the left. And we're going to give you an example from UK. It was just reported a couple of days ago, but it goes back to an op-ed piece from February. Conservative website just discovered it, even though it was in a major publication in the UK somehow, just didn't trickle fully across the pond here until recently. So we'll, we'll talk about this. But a UK gay activist opposing prayer. He said, what? Uh, I'm not exaggerating. You'll, you'll find out in, in a moment. Uh, first, do you know about my newest book, Has God Failed You? Finding Faith When You're Not Even Sure God Is Real. Uh, came into the office today and several hundred of these books that are on my, on my desk in my office. Uh, and what we do is we have a special offer when a book first comes out that the first couple hundred copies of whatever, up to 500, could be 100, that, that we get pre-orders for, that we number them and sign them. And this time we're adding in a, a, a special teaching on God's true grace as, as a bonus uh, as well. So those that pre-ordered, you'll be getting that as well. So I, I think I signed the first 90 or so today. Has God failed you finding faith when you're not even sure God is real? And I bring it up now. If, if, if you want to find out more about the book, just go to my website, sdrbrown.org. We've got some great endorsements on it. People like Josh McDowell and Pastor Robert Morris and others, some great endorsements. Uh, they seem to find the book really helpful. Uh, but I bring it up now. You can find out more at my website, AskDrBrown.org, or any of the online book dealers will have the book. It releases May 11th, but you can still uh, order now to get the signed numbered copies and the free bonus teaching on God's true grace. But I bring it up because there are people who are rejecting the Bible because of biblical teaching on gay-lesbian issues. We, we talk about the left trashing Bruce Caitlyn Jenner now that Jenner is running for governor. So even though Jenner is transgender, male to female, of course, still male in God's sight and biologically still male, but male to female, you don't, you don't speak against someone that's trans. Well, you can if they're Republican, if they're conservative. 
But there are many people, especially the younger generation, that really struggle because they feel as if God's word is unfair, the Bible's unfair. And here they, you know, they know a really delightful young guy, you know, he's 20 years old, Billy, and madly in love with Bobby, and the two of them want to spend the rest of their lives together, and hey, this is the way they are, and this is the way God made them, and why be so cruel to them? And so, so many are, are pushed away from Scripture, not understanding that God has a better way, that God does not make someone gay and he has a purpose in making them gay, but rather we're all part of a fallen world. We, we are all flawed and broken in different ways. And Jesus did not practice affirmational inclusion. In other words, he didn't meet people wherever they were, prostitutes, tax collectors, others, wherever they were, and affirm them there and say, hey, you're now part of my movement. Follow me just as you are. No, he didn't practice affirmational inclusion, but transformational inclusion. He met people right where they were and transformed them into something new, whoever they were, whatever their background. This is the same for all of us. For some, it affects our sexuality. For some, it affects other inner attitudes. For some, it affects strongholds in our lives or direction of our lives or course of our life or priorities. But it says in Scripture, if anyone is in the Messiah, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is past. All things have become new. So there is a new beginning for us. Jesus said whoever is going to follow him must deny himself or herself, take up their cross, and follow him. So fundamentally, we say no to our lives and yes to new life in God, and that's where we find the fullness of blessing. So in my book, Has God Failed You?, I have a couple of chapters where I deal with objections to the God of the Bible. Is the God of the Bible really misogynist? Is the God of the Bible really homophobic and transphobic? Is the God of of the Bible really bigoted? Does the Bible sanction genocide and things like that? So we get into these difficult topics along with many, many other questions. People have, what happened? I prayed and and my prayers weren't answered and I cried out to God. In fact, this will tie in directly with with what I want to talk to you about next from, from the UK. And I'll tell you my own story about being excluded in the name of inclusion. So many people, same sex attracted, begin to discover this as they come into puberty. Some say, you know, their earliest days, they felt different than the other kids. But otherwise, very commonly, they start to develop sexually, romantically, and they realize, boy, I'm not like the others. You know, as, as one famous, quote, gay Christian said, theologian said that when he was in high school and he was at the football game, that, that his friends, all the boys, were looking at the cheerleaders and he was looking at the quarterback. They realized something was different then. So, Many of these people, they pray, oh, God, help me. God, I don't want to be gay. Help me, help me, help me, help me. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's your own story. Oh, God, help me. I Stop this feeling. And then you ask people to pray for you, or you, you get people to pray for you. You think maybe it's like a demonic stronghold. Maybe I need to be delivered from demons. I'll pray. Maybe I need count. And, and you try and you try and you can't change, and it gets you depressed. And what's the matter with me? And then finally you say, hey, what am I doing? That's how God made me. We're misunderstanding the Bible. And this is fine, and now you feel released to have gay relations, and now you're happy and thriving. We hear this story all the time. So you end up interpreting the Bible through the lens of your sexuality rather than interpreting your sexuality through the lens of the Bible. That's what ends up happening, and that's how things get turned upside down. But there is something that 
the critics call conversion therapy, which is helping someone with unwanted same-sex attractions to change. Or in the worst case, a parent telling a child, you have to go through this because we've got to get the gay out of you. You've got to change. And in, in decades past, when shock treatment was used for a host of different mental, emotional disorders, it was used for many different things. It was also used to try to help people stop being gay. So you have, you have horror stories, especially from previous years, horror stories of going to shock the gay out of someone, just barbaric, horrific. Unfortunately, gay activists now go in the other direction and they want efforts to change sexual orientation, S-O-C-E as it's normally called, sexual orientation change efforts. They want that banned. It's been state after state in America banned from minors. Even if the minor says, I want help here, illegal. It's terrible. California almost passed a bill a couple of years ago. I dubbed it the must stay gay bill. California almost passed this. Uh, California bill, I believe, is 2943, AB 2943, if I'm correct. And, and that, that would have banned all counseling for all people of all ages. If you want help to come out of homosexuality or you're struggling with transgender identity and you want to, to get counseling to help you be at home within your own body, illegal. And then that bill was withdrawn in California. I mean, this, but this is what's happening. So here's the situation in England as there is a push to ban, quote, conversion therapy, and no one that I know of anywhere in the world practices what the critics are talking about. Rather, what we're talking about is sitting with someone with unwanted same-sex attraction or gender identity confusion and helping them get to the root of their struggle. So let me just take you into some dialogue here with an evangelical leader in England, Peter Linus, he is the UK director of the Evangelical Alliance. So he wrote to Prime Minister Boris Johnson, warning that the conversion therapy ban Johnson supports in Parliament may criminalize everyday church practices. Quote, proposals to end conversion therapy not only put at risk the individual freedom of people who are attracted to those of the same sex, but they also place religious freedom in jeopardy. This is not a concern restricted to specific practices, organizations, or ministries that provide services to experience, people experiencing same-sex attraction, although it will affect them. This will threaten the everyday practices of churches, church leaders, and Christians across the UK. He says an expansive definition of conversion therapy and a ban along such lines would place church leaders at risk of prosecution when they preach on biblical texts relating to marriage and sexuality. It would place ministry leaders at risk of arrest for encouraging young people to maintain chastity until marriage. And it would criminalize a member of a church who prays with another member when they ask for prayer to resist temptation as they are attracted to someone of the same sex but do not wish to act on it. Exactly. There's no exaggeration, not an ounce of exaggeration. So Prime Minister Johnson responds. You can actually see the, the letter where he, he responds. It's, it's online. So, so Johnson says this, I absolutely want to end the scourge of gay conversion therapy, which has no place in our society. Now, again, in this exaggerated form that doesn't exist. I do, however, want to assure you that I take freedom of speech and freedom of religion very seriously. As the government made clear in 2018, when we first made our commitment to end conversion therapy, we all continue to allow adults to receive appropriate pastoral support, including prayer, in churches and other religious settings in the exploration of their sexual orientation or gender identity. Like you, I do not want to see clergy and church members criminalized 
for normal non-coercive activity. Okay, so he's saying, hey, we recognize that. You come to your pastor, hey, I'm struggling with unwanted same-sex attraction. Can you counsel me, pray with me? Absolutely, Johnson says, we want that protected under the law. So this article on pjmedia.com points out that not all British lawmakers share Johnson's concerns. So Labor MP Angela Eagle wrote of Johnson's letter, quote, this proposed loophole is so large there would actively be no ban on conversion therapy. LGB activist group Stonewall also denounced Johnson's move. Conversion therapies are a form of abuse that leads to long-term physical and or mental harm for victims. We know that half the conversion therapy practices take place in the UK are faith-based. So any ban that has loopholes for any type of practice, including religious practices, will leave vulnerable LGBTQIA+, people at risk of further harm, etc. Now, look at this. Matthew Heinemann, co-founder of the group Ban Conversion Therapy, took to the Independent, so a large UK publication. And he described his own experience, what happened to him losing his missionary job uh, because he was openly gay. And he says, for many, refusing conversion therapy means losing your family, faith, community, career, friends, your entire life. Those who resist legislation against conversion therapy often resist the idea of a prayer or a pastoral conversation being subject to the scrutiny of the law. However, if these things take place in an overwhelmingly homophobic or transphobic context, the pernicious power of prayer must be dealt with. There you have it. If you believe that God has a better way for someone who is same-sex attracted or struggling with gender identity confusion, and you say, based on Scripture, we want to pray and help you find freedom in new life, that is the pernicious power of prayer, and it must be dealt with. You shall not pray. That's what's coming, friends. We've warned you for the years. Those who came out of the closet want to put us in the closet. This is yet another example, but spelled out more graphically than I've ever seen. There you have it. Black and white, front of your eyes. It's the Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Listen, friends, there's a reason we've been sounding the alarm. There's a reason we've been drawing attention to these issues where freedom is being taken away. Look, it is the law in many states around America and now in some countries around the world. Lay it out for you. Got a 17-year-old girl. She was raped repeatedly by a male neighbor from the ages of 9 to 11. As she began to develop sexually and mature in other ways, she found herself utterly repulsed by men in general because of the horrific experience that she had. She had no interest in men, no attraction to men. They they were all unclean because of what happened to her. Now, she hasn't processed all this psychologically. She just knows how she feels. At the same time, she finds security with, with women and girls and finds herself romantically and even sexually attracted to them and is troubled by it because it violates her own convictions, violates her religious beliefs, violates the dream that she had earlier in life of being married and having, having kids. And so she's, she's struggling and she wants help. And she tells her mom and dad, I, I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to hate men like this. I don't, I don't want to be attracted to women. 
again, just one story. I'm not saying everyone that's lesbian is like this. No, no, no. But here's a story, a real story. These things happen. So she talks to her mom and dad. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, like people in our church, I'm a little uncomfortable telling them. And parents say, well, let's, let's find a good Christian counselor, professional counselor, and let's look into this. Just, you know, someone that's really solid. And, and you know, you, you reach out and they say, well, uh, how, how old is your daughter? 17. No, we, we can't counsel her. What? No, it's illegal. It's illegal for us to, to counsel a minor. Now, hang on. If that same girl, let's say she was in a different, raised in a different environment and thought, well, okay, maybe I'm lesbian. That's fine. But like something in my mind is bothering me. Like it's not good to be a lesbian. It's not right. And I, I want to try to, if, if this is who I am, I want to embrace it. And talks to her parents. They say, well, let's find your counselor. They call a counselor, same 17-year-old. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd like counsel. You know, I'm, I'm trying to embrace my lesbian identity. Oh, great. Good, good. Legal. That's legal. But it's illegal. In many states in America now, it's illegal to get help for unwanted same-sex attraction. Let's go a little further. You are raising your child, and your, your boy is six years old, but since he's been four, he insists he's, he's a girl. He's really your girl. And you, you just don't know how to deal with that. And you're struggling. you got other kids, and they are totally at home in their bodies, but he's not. You don't know why. Raise them the same. You don't know why. So you, you think, okay, we, we got to help him out because he, he's a boy. You know, he's, that's our son. We know that biologically and every other way he's a boy, but he doesn't feel like he's a boy. So you, you call a professional counselor. You look, you know, family counseling and gender issues and things. And, and you say, yeah, we, we want to get counseling for our son. He's, he's six and feels like he's a girl trapped in a boy's body and we, we'd like to get uh, counseling. Uh, well, what would you like help with? Well, we, we want it to be at home in his body. No, sorry, that's illegal. I can't do that. What? Illegal. As in illegal. Against the law. Can't do that. If I do that, I could lose my practice. If I do that, I'll be fined. Who knows what else? All right, hang on. Change the scenario. These parents have gotten online and found out that this is common. It's, it's called gender dysphoria. And the best thing to do is encourage your son to embrace his female identity. You call that same counselor. Yeah, I'd like to bring my son in and, and he feels he's a girl. So we just want to support him. And could you help you? You bet. Come on in. Perfectly legal. So here's what you want to do. Now you want to send him to school dressed as a girl. You want to tell the teachers that he is a girl have all the students refer to him with female pronouns. He can now use the girls' room. Now, uh, we're going to wait a few years, but when he gets a little bit older, you know, it's maybe 9, 10, 11, whatever the age is, that we're going to put him on, on hormone blockers to stop the onset of puberty. So you're, you're not messing with this child's physical development. We're going to put him on hormone blockers to stop the onset of puberty. And, and then, and then, when he gets a little bit older beyond that, then we, we've got to give him different home hormones, you know, like cross-sex hormones and stuff. And then uh, we'll start to think through, you know, sex change surgery when he's a little bit older, you know, 18 or 20 or something like that. And, and then hormones, of course, life. That's, that's legal. That's legal. But it's illegal to sit with the child and try to find out why the boy feels like a girl and help him embrace his own body. That's illegal. That's how crazy and upside down things have become. And, and friends, 
it's not just a matter of conviction. It's a matter of law now. And, and I've raised issues. Okay, what if you're in a church? What if you're in a church and, and, and you provide counseling in your church? Maybe you've got Christian counselors on staff. You're a large congregation. You've got Christian counselors on staff. And, and if you're a member of the church, one of the benefits is you get pastoral counseling. And the, the, what happens to the pastoral counselors, counselors that want to minister to that 17-year-old or to that 6-year-old with the child's consent and with parental consent? <clears throat> Who goes to jail over that? Who gets banned over that? Who gets fined over that? Look, it already happened in New York where a man with unwanted same-sex attraction went for counseling with an Orthodox Jewish counselor, and, and New York had banned this, just banned in general for any age counseling. So this guy was going to get a $10,000 fine for counseling, took it up with the Alliance Defending Freedom. The Alliance Defending Freedom pushed the case, and immediately New York said, you know, actually, we, we, we're not going to have that ban for adults. They pulled it. Why? Well, they knew the court that the case would go to, if it was appealed, would go to a court with conservative justices that Trump had appointed, and they, they backed down. Friends, this is reality. This is the world in which we live. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to demonstrate God's love for each individual, no matter who they are, where they are, as someone created in God's image, someone for whom Jesus died, someone flawed, broken, just like me and the rest of us, needing a Savior, while not compromising an inch on what the Bible says is right and best. Okay, so... Final story here. Some years back in Charlotte, North Carolina, before the gay pride event became as, as massive and influential as it was and so backed by all the major companies in, in the city, uh, it was just a few outliers like Starbucks and a few others that would aggressively get with the gay pride event and say we're part of this and so on. So Caribou Coffee, they're a chain, not nearly as big as Starbucks, but they're a popular chain. They announced one year, hey, we are... Uh, we are going to be supporting the gay pride event, etc. Now, I had reached out to U.S. Airways, which merged with American and became American Airlines, when they made the same call. And when I wrote to them and asked them questions, it was the, the lamest imaginable answers. And, and the person said, well, don't put words in my mouth. I'm saying, well, do you believe this, 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 this? Cut me off. So I reached out to Caribou Coffee, and this is my approach. Hey, would you remain neutral in the culture wars? That, that's all. We're not asking you to put Bibles in your stores or play Christian music in your stores, but would you remain neutral on the culture wars? That's all we're asking. And uh, they wrote back and said, no, no, we, we want to stand with all, all of our community, all of our constituents from all backgrounds, basically, paraphrase. I said, okay, it's not the answer I was looking for, but we're going to be holding an event, and it's, it's going to be a day where we celebrate uh, abstinence from sex until marriage, where we celebrate life beginning in the womb and where we celebrate uh, marriage as the union of one man and one woman, would you be a sponsor at our event since you want to support people from all the communities, all different backgrounds? And there's a sizable conservative Christian population here in, in the area. Would you do it? And I listed some businessmen friends that said they would do it. Now, this was all a hypothetical. The whole thing was a hypothetical to get their response. But I did have people willing to back the event if we went ahead with it. Other Christian businesses I talked to, yeah, put our name down. Okay, so Caribou Coffee writes back to me. And, and I, I have the letter somewhere. I'm sure I copied it, but I, but I have the physical letter somewhere on file. <clears throat> we will not work with you because we are inclusive. Uh-huh. They said, we understand you work with so-and-so and so-and-so, and they didn't like these people, and they were conservative activists and so on. And because of that, we will not work with you because we are inclusive. I thought... That, 
do you realize what you just wrote? We will not listen to your opinion because we are so open-minded. We will not tolerate your view because we are so tolerant. We will absolutely exclude you in the name of being inclusive. You talk about Orwellian doublespeak. But friends, that's the way it's been for years. Those calling for diversity have been the most narrow in their approach. Those boasting about inclusivity have been absolutely exclusive. Those speaking of tolerance, utterly intolerant. Those speaking of diversity, as I said earlier, it means my way or the highway. So how do we respond? Not with hatred, not with anger, not with venomous speech, but we hold our ground. We don't move away from what is right. We hold to our convictions Otherwise, we, we lose the ability to even have those convictions publicly because our rights will be swept away. We do not move an inch. We hold to our convictions, as we've said many times, backbones of steel, but also with hearts of compassion. Don't make the gay community your enemy. Don't make the trans community your enemy. Don't make liberals the enemy, leftists the enemy. Whatever the group is, these are all people for whom Jesus died. These are all people that we want to reach with the good news of the gospel. We overcome evil with good. We overcome hatred with love. We overcome lies with truth. We overcome the power of the flesh with the power of the spirit. We don't yield an inch to the mob, but we don't respond with our own mobocracy. We respond with the gospel, with loving our neighbor as ourselves, and with setting an example that will endure through the generations. Friends, I'm not discouraged. I'm simply saying, now is the time to take a stand. Hearts of Compassion backbones of steel. Let's do it. Another program powered by the Truth Network.